The following podcast is sponsored by the new Hood College Gear Shop. The Gear Shop replaces the old Hood College bookstore. Most of us remember the bookstore as just the place where we bought or rented books. Well, that's not the case anymore. The Hood College Gear Shop is a great place to buy all kinds of things. Need some Hood branded merch? You'll find hoodies and t-shirts, hats and scarves, sweats and socks, mugs and cups. They even have Hood branded blankets. Low on shampoo or soap? They have you covered. Bad breath before class? Buy some gum or Tic Tacs. Need a pen highlighter or notebook? The Gear Shop has tons. Does your roommate have a dog? Buy them a Hood College leash or collar. Need some Advil or Tums? The Gear Shop has your back. Need a last minute birthday gift for your best friend? You'll find plenty of options. What I'm saying is, the Hood College Gear Shop has you covered for all your gift, school, snack, and blazer branded clothing needs. So, the next time you're in WIT, stop in and browse around. Mention my name, Dorian Young, and the name of this podcast, and that's the T Surreal, and receive 10% off your purchase of any Hood-branded merch. But listen to the show first. everyone welcome to and that's the tea surreal podcast i'm your host dorian rosemarin and with me today i have i'm tommy o'neill and i'm maddie wilson today we'll be exploring the akatar or a court of thorns and roses series by sarah j moss so without further ado welcome to the show for those of you out there who are unfamiliar, Akatar is a new adult fantasy series that began in 2015 with the first book and has continued with four other books, totaling five as of now. There are rumors that Moss is working on not one more, but two more Akatar books, and I myself am very excited about this. From Goodreads, Akatar tells the story of a 19-year-old huntress named Feyre who kills a wolf in the woods. Afterwards, a terrifying creature arrives to demand retribution. Dragged to a treacherous magical land she knows about only from folk stories and legends, Feyre discovers that her captor isn't actually a beast, but one of the lethal immortal fairies who once ruled her world. My first question for the both of you is, when did you first read Akatar? For me, it was not too long ago. Um, I'll say a couple months ago. And I know a lot of, this is like a young adult novel, but I was told by you and Maddie to read it and I kind of just wanted to see what the hype was about and I've gotten a lot of TikToks about it too because it's getting a lot of traction through through TikTok recently so I know a lot of people have also been recommending it through social media as well. I read the first one when I was 14 and then I didn't read the second one until I was a senior so like 17, 18-ish and then I read Akawar and the little novella um, during the pandemic so like it's kind of been like a long journey for me but I've always really loved the books like they're they're my real like this is what got me into fantasy reading books. Mm-hmm. have you read them more than once yeah okay I've read them I think twice but occasionally like when I'm like bored I'll just like 
like go to like my favorite chapters and stuff and read them but like like full chapter read 55 <laughs> that's a chapter that's <laughs> the best chapter right there's just a really, really broken spine in that mm-hmm. one. No, um, uh, but like full read-throughs, I've read through it twice. Mm. But um, yeah. Nice. I still, I just finished uh, Akawar or A Court of Wings and Ruin. Did you really? Uh, yeah, not too long ago. Oh my god. Um, I want to say a couple weeks, probably no mm-hmm. more. Uh, so I still have the last two to finish. I'm not finished, but I do have experience reading up to that point. For me. I think I read the first one around the same time as you. I was a freshman in high school. But then I think the other two were already out. So I read them back to back and finished what I thought was going to be the end of the series. And then she released the novella. And I think I read that around Christmas time of maybe my senior year, whenever it came out. And then obviously A Quarter of Silver Flames, whenever that came out, I jumped on that right away. And I've only read them once. But I'm rereading them right now, so a little bit of a fresh perspective going on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I went through like a giant reading slump in high school, which I think is why I never, I didn't get to the second one as quickly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was good me stuff during stuff. the pandemic. Which let me tell you, waiting three years to read the second book, biggest mistake of my life. Because mm-hmm. you forgot everything. No, because the it was second so good. book. Yeah. Is so good. <laughs> The se- yeah, the second mm-hmm. book, I like. I really liked the first, and I was like, I was talking to Dorian about this. I, I said, oh, I know the second one's not gonna be as good as the first, and I'm kind of just like, I wanted to wait because I didn't want it to like, ruin. No, <laughs> Tommy, yeah, you have to read the second one. So, <laughs> right. what are your guys' thoughts on the series as a whole, or I guess for you, Tommy, as the series that you've read so far? Which, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I kind of think of it as like the first three books are their own thing. Then we've got the novella, and then we've got. Silver Flames and whatever's after that since it switches perspectives to mm. Nesta, so. Yeah, I did hear about that. Um, I thought that was interesting because I, I always, I really enjoyed getting uh, Rhysand's perspective at the end, I think, of the second and a little bit in the third, but it, it wasn't like crazy. It was only like a chapter or two of his perspective, but I think it's kind of interesting that, that Nesta gets her, ends up getting her own, which I haven't read yet. Yeah, you but. need to get on that. You're missing <laughs> I out. I know. But um, as for the first three books, I really liked uh, the second and third more than the first, which is a kind of uncommon thing uh, for a book series where, like, the first book is usually better than the, like, following books. But I didn't really think that was the case with what I've, what I've read so far. I, I just think that's, like, kind of shows good promise for the mm-hmm. series if the second is better or as good as the first what about you, Maddie? You can really, like, I feel like jumping from the first to the second book, you can really tell, like, she planned everything ahead from the very start. Mm-hmm. Because, like, for example, I actually just reread the first one today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in less than yesterday. 24 hours, you know, um, as one does. <laughs> and um, just reading it again for the first time when I haven't read the first one in maybe two and a half years. Yeah, she really thought it all out. And, like, you, you go back and you reread it and you're like, oh that's why she chose mm-hmm. to do that or oh that's why that character said that mm-hmm. um but I, I really like like Tommy was talking I really like the perspectives I love Feyre's POV which I think I'm a little sad about I think Sarah G Mass said something about like 
us not getting a lot of Feyre's POV anymore in future books, which makes me sad because she's my favorite character. Mm-hmm. But I also really like seeing the multiple different perspectives and how, how she approaches that. And yeah. Because I... Nesta's such a different character mm-hmm. from Feyre, and she has such a different perspective on like the world that they're living in. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's really cool because sometimes with writers, I feel like they'll give you multiple POVs, but it kind of all just feels the same. Yes, it doesn't feel that I way agree. with Sarah J. Moss. She really, she, you feel the the character's personality coming out in their like inner monologue. Mm-hmm. I wonder if she's gonna go full circle and do two more books with Nesta, then have another novella or something, and then switch to Elaine. And do three books of Elaine. I have a theory, but I don't want to spoil anything for Tommy. Oh, can you cover well, your ears? Yeah, sure. Tommy, can you actually <laughs> leave the room for a second? Because what? I'm going to go into this for a second, and I don't want oh. you to hear anything. Spoiler <laughs> warning for those who haven't read past Akawar, a.k.a. Tommy. I think, given the um, the little like post-credit scene, yeah. <laughs> given mm-hmm. at the end of um, A Court of Silver Flames, I think the next book is going to be about Asriel. I really want that. I, I want that so badly. I very much think it's going to be, and I think it's going to be whatever is going on between him and Elaine and him and Gwyn. Mm-hmm. You think we're going to get a love triangle? Because I kind of don't want that at all. I kind of hate that. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a love triangle, but I don't think it's going to be the kind of love triangle where there's like hostility between Elaine and Gwyn. Yeah, I don't see that. Because they both seem like just very, not... I don't want to say passive, but just like more like not not aggressive people. Mm. But but I, that that's my theory as to mm. what what's gonna happen. I like um, that theory. Just because I think I saw this somewhere. I don't even know if this is true, but I think someone said that Sarah J. Moss hinted that like what the post credit scene discussed is a hint into what the next book's gonna be about. Okay. So okay. that that's why I think that. But there's also two post credit scenes. So yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But I think the second one just kind of gave us a little more recent Vera, which always yeah. makes, makes mm-hmm. me happy because mm-hmm. I love him. Anywho's, come on back in, Tommy. Welcome to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Next, we got to talk about which was our favorite book of Ooh. them. The All second one. Them. The second one? I love the second <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Second for me. I, I love the second because you don't see it coming. Like, you kind of get, you get the idea at the end of the first one that maybe there's some tension between Feyre and Reese, but I don't think you expect it to go in the direction that it goes at all. Because at the end of book one, you're still like, oh, Tamlin is the man. Mm -hmm. Like, we love Tamlin. And then you get to book two, and it's like, what the heck is happening? Well, that was the first book I read like that, where it was like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't end up with Really good plot twist. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I, I really didn't like Tamlin after the first one. I still didn't like him. Mm-hmm. I, I liked Resend actually better in the first than I did Tamlin. Tommy a good intuition. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I was like, I know that he's kind of putting on this like facade when Pharaoh's like in jail or whatever. And he was like coming down there and like talking with her occasionally. And even after that, I was like, okay, so there's something else going on, but... I knew there was more um, complexity to his character, but I did not think it was going to be like, oh, Tamlin's an ass. Yeah. (laughs) Resand her actual true love. Mm. I didn't didn't see it being... Yeah, Yeah, so good for her. Yeah, I did not see that coming, but yeah, I did really enjoy the second book because we get the best character, Resand's, Mm -hmm. you know, entire story, pretty much, or almost his entire story. But I, I really didn't like the first one. I really, I really didn't. In comparison to the the two Did others, did we have I've to read. like kind of like 
urge you to get to the to the second one? Kinda, yeah. Because you thought um, that she was gonna end up with Tamlin. <laughs> well, we also yeah. gaslit him. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, were yeah. like, oh, Tamlin's the best. Yeah, that was like yeah. half the fun of it. That's true. Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, they were messing with me, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I I know that it was inspired. The first one was inspired off of uh, Beauty and the Beast, and I hate Beauty and the Beast. Oh, I, I, I hate everything Beauty about and Beauty and the Beast. And I am Belle. <laughs> yeah, right. And I was like drawing those parallels the entire time. And I was like, oh my mm. God. You know what though? I see where like she alludes to it a lot. But I don't think it's done in such like an intensely like to the book way of the mm. original Beauty and the Beast story. Where I feel like it overpowers the storyline. Because yeah. that's one thing that... When I finished the first book, I was like, okay, well, there's sequels. How are they going to, like, keep going with this Beauty and the Beast line? But they kind of didn't. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, yeah. I think because she wasn't so, like, intense with it in the first book, it felt natural that that shift happened mm-hmm. and that it was no longer kind of that Beauty and the Beast plot. Because I, I was thinking about, like, the main audience is, like, when you guys, you said were, you were 14 and I don't know how old you were, Dorian. Same, yeah, same, same age. Same mm-hmm. age. It's like that plot line of falling in love with like this guy who like comes and kidnaps you is just so just messed up, <laughs> in my opinion. And for women who are 14 and 15 to be reading that and wanting that, I just don't think that's, you know, something that they should necessarily kind of like gleam from that, just reading that book. But obviously it's reading different now is, you know, completely different for me since I was older reading it than when I was 14. I'm like, oh my God, Tamlin's like my dream guy or you know whatever <laughs> uh, every part of me was like what the fuck is this yeah I guess I'm kind of the I'm kind of the oddball out here because my favorite is Akawar uh, no I get that though okay. I respect that I just love the battle scenes and the whole time I was reading it I can only describe me being like ah, <laughs> and then like woo, at the end okay can I, can I talk about can, can I? Oh, go ahead. Can I talk about the end of Aquawar though? Am I yeah, allowed yeah. to? Oh, sorry. For anybody listening, please uh, make sure you read that, at least up to the third. Because I know Maddie earlier was like, oh, I want to hear about that. And uh, Dorian told me to, like, oh, let me know when you get to page 666 or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this, like the, the saddest, most terrible page. Anyway, mm-hmm. continue. It, it, it was sad for a page, and then it wasn't sad because Resan dies, right? Whoa, then, spoilers. Okay, there was the warning. <laughs> the warning, the warning is he dies. The warning was there. Uh, so he dies, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I'm like, that that's awful. And then I turn the page, and he's he's not. He, he's alive because all the high lords are there to, to revive him. Okay, but let me tell you. The way the book is laid out, when you get to page 666, you have to turn the page to well, get to the next chapter. I, so for that whole, for 30 whole seconds, I kid you not, I was can crying. I, can I recount my experience reading it okay because this was during the pandemic and i remember exactly where i was i was sitting on a bar stool in my kitchen reading this book and i read that line i shut the book and i fall over on the ground (laughs) yeah and i did not return to the book for a solid hour so i had an hour of mourning since death (laughs) very dramatic but like but yeah yeah. i i get that it was very i was like oh my god no way he was like Mm -hmm. my favorite character this sucks and then I just feel like it just didn't hold any weight. 
you know? I just, well, he has too much plot armor. He, he has way armor. too much plot he has armor. armor. Absolutely. All of the characters have plot yeah, armor. Yeah, they because, really do. <laughs> like, but having... I also, I think that was like a little bit of Tamlin's redemption arc. Mm-hmm. Like, That's if you true. think about it, because like, it, yeah. like, because this whole all of Ak War is like Tamlin being, I mean, all of the second and the third book is all Tamlin being awful. But like, Ak mm-hmm. especially, he is like an absolute menace mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. entire time. It's true. <laughs> <And> <laughs> oh I feel gosh. like at the end, like, when he says, I think he says something like, be happy, Pharaoh. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I feel like him bringing Reese back to life was his redemption in a way. Mm-hmm. And I think that was necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just think, For I, I don't know. Dark. I just, I didn't want, I didn't, obviously, I didn't want him to die. But him not dying didn't really hold as much mm-hmm. weight there. I gotta say, the one death that I kind of wish had stuck just because of the impact it did have on me was Amrin. I yeah, think she should have stayed that too. whatever she was. In the loo- in the loony that loopy, was plot armor. Cauldron. Whatever, yeah, yeah, in the cauldron. Like I was really sad because she is she's one of my favorite characters. Yeah, she's a great but character. That definitely felt like plot armor. That Reese yeah. was like, oh, I survived. Also, Amarin, oh, she's here. Your other friend, our other friend who died in this war, also mm-hmm. survived, and nobody there was no real loss. Other, I know, other than their father, that was very yeah. Sad. Other than that, but I but feel he like also there was like a very minor more. character. You know? mm-hmm. At the same time, though, I'm an absolute sucker for happy endings. Yeah, I agree. So the fact that everyone <laughs> lived, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. They get to be their happy little found family because mm-hmm. I love the found family trope. Yeah, no, I, I'm here for it. I guess I, I was like, huh? I'm being honest. And then I was like, I it's fine. Um, Who? Amrin? No, Rhysan and Amrin. Rhysan? No! Yeah. <laughs> no I, I, wanted, I did because I wanted them to live because I just Happily want them to after. live in their happy little plot armor bubble. <laughs> mm. Plot armor bubble. It brings yeah. me joy. But it just, and this, the fact that it just doesn't, you know, hold as much weight when somebody else, like maybe, I don't know, Nesta or. Favorite dies, they can just be revived again through the High Lords coming together, and you mm-hmm. know, so like like it happened for Farah in the first book. He's gonna have some thoughts about <laughs> the the most recent book. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, so <laughs> can't wait for that. So, how do you feel about Sarah J. Mouse's writing style? Do you like it? Do you not like it? I know there's a wide (laughs) array of opinions on this and first of all I feel like I am I'm gonna preface this by saying I am the worst judge of writing of movie making of any sort of media because I'm like if I like it then I I am not picky at all I'm just like okay cool nice Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is what they wrote this is what they made this is what how they acted um I know there's like a lot of opinions I love her dialogue and I think her mm-hmm. dialogue is really what pulls through. I in think these... so, too. Her, her writing already stands out, I feel like, in the YA world. But I think, if anything, like, truly, truly, the biggest strength is her dialogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it agree. feels natural, yeah. and it's impactful. And, like, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, just think of all the lines that, like, you remember from the books. I remember, like... Um, Favorite dog. Oh, I've been looking for you. <laughs> like, um, there's a million lines that you can that are memorable. Mm-hmm. That don't yeah. feel forced. Yeah. There yeah, I think so. Is I do like the dialogue, but there was like a lot of repetition. Mm-hmm. I do get tired of the growling. There's a lot of yeah. growling. I was gonna bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> growling, snarling. Like why are they growling? Uh, so like I get it. It's supposed to show they're more like primal, like fae uh, side yeah, to I it. Guess that's true. But it's weird. 
I don't. I don't even think it's weird. I just think it's overused. I think Definitely. so too. Like I, I think I think it works in some scenarios, but sometimes it feels like all they do is growl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not even just that too. Uh, it's like I don't know, like cut him to ribbons, and she says that like a million times in the first book, or whatever. You know, it's it's those mm. things as well that I'm like, oh my god, please like use another word for that. I also I think A Court of Thorns and Roses was one of her first books too. I feel like as you yeah. as the series progresses, her writing it, like gets better too. Yeah, Akatar, Throne of Glass. I think those are like her weakest. But, but they're her first it steadily books, you know? gets better, which reminds me of Lee Bardugo because Lee Bardugo. Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, I think I think I enjoy Lee Bardugo a little bit more than Sarah J. Moss. But with Lee Bardugo, when she started with her first series, Shadow and Bone, her writing is nowhere near the scale it's at with like Ninth House. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of the same vibe. But I think I think I think that applies to any author though. Yeah, I think so too. At the, least I would. The hope earlier so. <laughs> books that you produce aren't going to be as good as the newer books mm-hmm. you produce, because I mean, the more you write, the better you get. Mm. I don't know. I'm so passive. I really I, I no, hate no, no, critiquing. No. <laughs> no, I think for the genre that she writes and that she writes series and. I think just what like any author, they're going to have their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think for what she's trying to do, it works. But I think her dialogue rocks. I think sometimes yeah. she just gets repetitive with the phrases mm-hmm. that she uses, like mm-hmm. the tear under ribbons thing or the mm-hmm. growling or, yeah. And I'm the opposite. I, like, struggle so hard with dialogue, so props to her. Yeah, it is hard <laughs> to get as a writer and someone who's writing a book to get dialogue that feels not robotic but natural and mm-hmm. to have it sound like two people or more actually talking is very very challenging very mm. more challenging than you think yeah girl boss Boop. have you read any of her other books uh i have not no uh no, just the neither. three akatar <laughs> books are my first of hers i know she has a lot a lot of others but mm. would you want to yeah, I, uh, I've heard good things mm-hmm. about I've heard that people, I have a few friends who like, I think it's the Crescent City mm. series, is that right? Crescent City. There's Throne of Glass and Crescent City. Yeah, okay. I heard the Crescent City was, they liked it better, I think, than Akasar. I'm not sure why, but they said that they enjoyed it more, and that might be because of what we talked about already, about her kind of progressing better as a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure which was first, but I have heard really great things about Crescent City. I'm halfway through the Throne of Glass series, and that's one of those series, it's very, very, a very, very long series, so it's one of those that, like, I'll read a book, and then I'll wait a while, and then I'll read another book from mm-hmm. it, and I really like it. I haven't read Crescent City just because I have thoughts on urban fantasy. Urban fantasy is not my preference for... And that's okay. Um, <laughs> like, the fantasy genre. I really like when it's, like, a fantasy world that has no connection to the actual real world or, like, modern amenities and Mm. stuff. Like, I love when they, like, are wearing, like, tunics and gowns and all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, Because I think it just adds to the the fun of the genre. But, I don't know, urban fantasy's never been my thing. Like, I could never get into, like, the mortal instruments (gasps) and stuff. I know, I'm so sorry, but I just... I like I like urban settings with fantasy mixed in has just never been my thing. Even like it. reading, I, like I love watching sci-fi movies, but even like reading sci-fi, I'm I'm just. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why I love fantasy writing is it's like a like a good like escapism read, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think the like urban aspects of it take away from that like escapism vibe. If that yeah, makes I sense. could see that. Um, but I want to read them anyways, just because I've heard. 
I haven't heard a lot about the second one, but I've heard that there's like some things that happen at the end that could be important mm-hmm. for future books. No, it it is. Um, I have to I have to chime in there and say yeah. Yeah, so is. that's why I feel so. like I need to I, actually, I feel like I need to give them a chance. I've heard really good things mm-hmm. about them, so I personally did not like Crescent City. <laughs> and I think that part of it was because I absolutely hated the audiobook. I did not like the way it was narrated. No shade or anything to whoever narrated them. It just wasn't really my cup of tea, and I think that's why I didn't like it that much, was because I was listening to this audiobook, and in my head I think I was like, why does it sound this way? But the reason that the internal monologue sounded that way was because I was listening to the audiobook, so I think I need to reread it. But I think that, like, Mortal Instruments to me is urban fantasy done right, as of right now, Crescent City to me is urban fantasy done wrong. And I think the part of part of that is because the world building is just not at all on the same level as Akatar. I don't know about Throne of Glass yet because I haven't read it, but the world building was just really confusing to me. I couldn't remember anything. I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about that world, to be honest, besides the fact that it's a bunch of mythical creatures living in a city together. That's, that's about all I could tell you. <laughs> But I think I need to give it another chance, and I think I definitely do need to read the second one because, unfortunately, I've already been spoiled. But for the next Akatar books, I'm pretty sure you have to read Crescent City to read. No. Yeah. No, yeah. That's okay. I just like urban urban fantasy is just it's it's not my thing. But I'll give it a chance because who knows? Maybe maybe it'll change my my thoughts on it. You might like it because it is Sarah J. Maas and she writes it in a way where yeah, it doesn't maybe really because feel I'm like, like familiar with her writing style. Mm-hmm. And all. But yeah, I, I don't know. Urban fantasy, I just have trouble getting into. So it's, I also have never read the book, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. maybe they'll be awesome. I say give it a shot. Now we've got some segments. Woo! <laughs> so our first segment is, did you know? So, I did not. Thank you though. <laughs> I'm sorry. Did you know the the first four Akatar books were published one year right after the other, excluding A Court of Silver Flames. I did not know. I did not. Mm-hmm. I so I went on like I think I, I mentioned this before, but I went on like a really huge reading slump in the middle of high school because you know high school angst and all that jazz. No, I read the first one, then I was um, during the pandemic or a couple years later, just like oh, there's more. <laughs> I mm. should read them. You said one year after. Yeah. So the first another. one was 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018, mm-hmm. and then A Court of Silver Flames was. I think, was it last year or the year before? It was last year because yeah, I read it on the quad. Yeah, 2022. Yep. So, yeah, pretty crazy. Did you know that Sarah J. Moss has written 16 books? I, I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm not surprised either. Just uh, thinking about how many, um, sorry, Tommy, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, uh, I know like the Crescent City and is, has a crazy amount. You told me the amount the other day and I was like, oh my God, that's so much reading to do mm-hmm. for just, you know, just to finish one of her series. And I know they're all pretty lengthy too, which is like really just surprising, just because there's just so much there. I feel like just to get through in order to finish one of her series. Yeah. So it's kind of kind of uh, uh, interesting to see, you know, authors who put out all of these these series and to see how they do it and what improves, what doesn't improve is interesting mm. to me. My last one is: Did you know that Resand is based off of Sarah J. Maas's husband? Yes. yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> yes. a good one. <laughs> if you take one look at her husband, you're like, "Yep, that's where Resand came from." <laughs> <laughs> He's got the dark hair, mm-hmm. and yeah. 
think one of you told me that actually. I think it was probably told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My next segment for y'all is if you could. Ooh. So if you could choose what court you lived in, which would it be? Oh come on! I right? thought. <laughs> right? like, and I think there's one. Do I need one, to get my reasoning? <laughs> there's there's one answer here, right? I don't right? know. Is there? Right. I don't know. Okay, well, you, you go first. You go first. Um, night Court, because Asriel and I are in love. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it. Night Court, for sure. I want to be part of the inner circle. I want I want my in. <laughs> they're, they're not going to let me in if I'm not part of the Night Court. <laughs> <laughs> I, the Night Court is mine as well. Not because I'm in love with Asriel, but <laughs> because I, I like the Night Court. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely one of my favorites that I, I've seen this far. Yeah, so. well, I was also going to say Night Court, but I think my reasoning is because it looks like Switzerland. <laughs> Actually, oh the Spring gosh. Court? Mm. Oh, ooh. ooh, no. All right. <laughs> yeah, so, there, so yeah, there was one answer. Mm-hmm. There was one answer there. Okay, next is, if you could change any aspect of the Akatar books, what would it be? Ooh, that's a good question. All right, if you're going to kill Rhysand, you might as well do it now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Like you said, like Akwar is your favorite, and it would be my favorite too. It's just that ending just felt really just kind of forced plot armor wise. So I would, you know, change somebody. I feel like somebody had to die, and then nobody died. So I would change either Amran or Resan staying dead. I think is an aspect I would change. Maddie, I don't know. I think, and I'm sure this will come in time as the series progresses. But I think Lucian and Azrael both deserve happiness. She's mm-hmm. really done them dirty. Yeah, she <laughs> has in these books. Honestly, one of the things I love about... I'm not a creative writer at all, so one of the things that I love about reading is that I don't have control over the plot. I like to just see what happens, mm-hmm. so... But she needs to stop doing Lucian and Asriel dirty. They just they just <laughs> keep hitting brick walls every yeah. every passage they take. Yeah. yeah. That is the Akatar punching bags mm-hmm. for whatever reason. <laughs> I don't know why. Tom, you might need to cover your ears for this one. Oh, okay. I would change the, the scene at the end of A Court of Silver Flames because I think we talked about this... I don't want Asriel to end up with Elaine. I think I don't think that he should end up with Elaine because I think you pointed out that would mean like the three main guys get with the three main girls. But if also I so I I don't know. I just don't see them I don't see them together. I could see them together. However, I think the three sisters getting with the three brothers mm-hmm. is a very cliche. Yeah way about it i agree it's not my favorite i would prefer not i also didn't really love asriel's pov which made me so sad one of the things about his character is that like he's been through a lot but he always just seemed like he wanted what like like he was like making his decisions for the greater good throughout mm-hmm. the series and really just like trying to like support his found family and help them and then his like his inner um monologue just kind of felt very bitter which in my opinion seemed out of character from what we've seen from him i agree so i'm really hoping that maybe there's just going to be like some character development there or something when she writes the next book but i don't know it wasn't it wasn't my favorite Mm -hmm. i agree tommy tommy we're done gossiping about you that's good because it leads me into my next question, which is if you could read an Akatar book from any character's perspective, who would you choose and why? Ooh. For me, uh, I would say 
Top two favorites are Asriel and Resand, I want to say. So one of the two would be awesome. And I know I said earlier, love getting Resand's POV, so getting more of that would be really cool, mm. I think. I read a fan fiction once that was the POV of Resand in the second book. Mm. So him, like, having Feyre come to uh, live with him for two weeks every month and, like, how he reacted to, like, what he was seeing like from her at those times and like what he was doing when she was back at the spring court manor and it was so good so i feel like i've kind of gotten that pov even if it's not the official one even mm-hmm. if it's just like a fan fiction but <laughs> oh my gosh that that like because so much happens behind the scenes with his character in the second book especially like in the first half that you don't get to see you just kind of hear from him mm-hmm. when he and pharaoh reconcile like chapter 54 i believe mm-hmm. Yeah, before chapter 55. Before chapter 55. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this chapter, by the way, uh, if you have the book, make sure to pull it up and read it as you're listening to this. <laughs> and, Get in uh, the mood. Yeah, also make sure your entire family is with you when you have it pulled out. Yeah. Bring some art supplies <laughs> if you get that reference. <laughs> I would have to say, I think Omrin would be a cool perspective, yeah. just because of, like, who she is, what she is, and how much she's been through. I want to know all the details about her past, Yeah, I feel like we're going to get more answers about that mm-hmm. in future books. I think reading about her and Varian would be cool, um, too. And also, she's just, I, she reminds me a lot of myself, <laughs> because she's always looking at this group of people. I mean, I, she's part of the inner circle, but she's always looking at them, and she's just like... Children. She's just <laughs> taking in the catastrophe that is their lives and then just making sarcastic comments about them, so I think that's me. But she's also, like, insanely useful. Oh, yeah, 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, my last one is, if you could ask Sarah J. Maas any question about the Akator series that she had to answer, what would it be? I'm gonna go first, just because this popped into my head. I think I would just ask her, how does it all end? Because I'm that kind of person who needs to know the ending. I feel like that would break my heart, though, because I feel like you'd find out how it ends, but you wouldn't know what happens in between, and maybe there wouldn't be characters there at the end that, like, you wanted to be there at the end. Mm -hmm. I'm just the type of person who I want to know what happens at the end. I want to know who Azrael ends up with, because right now it's up in the air. Yeah. Oh, Mm -hmm. yeah, I do as well. Right now, I hope it's Elaine, but... I don't know. <laughs> uh, Side <but>. eye. <laughs> it's okay. He, has, he hasn't read the, the most recent book. Yeah. Yet. Oh, yeah, sorry. Side eye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. That, that's a good question. I mean, yeah. He that's ends very... up with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he ends up with this girl named Maddie. <laughs> <laughs> Who just randomly pops up in the book series out of nowhere. Um, I don't know. I really don't know. Why is there a lack of sex scenes in the first book, yet a lot in the book? <laughs> um, okay. I'm reading it. I can answer this question, That's actually. My question, actually. I can oh, answer sorry. this question for SJM. The first book was Young Adult. The second book was also, I think, Young Adult on the cusp of adult fantasy. Okay. And I think it was either with the newest one or with Akawar. I think they it's the jumped. newest one. Okay. She has been slowly transitioning from Young Adult fantasy to just adult fantasy mm-hmm. uh-huh. and so i think that's why it's gotten a little more sexual as the books have gone on i mean the gotcha. sex scenes in the second and third books and even the novella are pretty deep but like silver flames is but a silver whole flames. different la- like level that is like five spicy of the two yeah. there. it's like not even it's like eight that's what i, I you I read did. you read the first three and you're like whoa this is this is spicy yeah. and you then read you the- read the- <laughs> 
I cannot wait to get there. You're like Sarah J. Moss. You know, pouring some of the water. <laughs> like you, ev- everyone has sex in that. Yeah, everybody does. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's. But there's still plot. There's plot. There's just between <laughs> between the sex. Scenes the sex scenes plot. are just broken up by the plot, guys. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's so like sub chapters within chapters yeah. where. <laughs> the next segment is really fun. It's would you rather slash. Oh my god, this is gonna. Would be great. you rather? <laughs> oh no. So I can give you my answers. Okay. Okay. The first question is: Would you rather face the worm from Amaranth's first trial <laughs> or the twins in the second book? Ooh. I'm gonna go with worm, just because I think I would hope that I'm on the same. I mean, Farrah can't read, so I have a leg up. But I would hope I'm on the same brain capacity as her to figure out how to beat that worm. I don't know. She was pretty. She was pretty smart about that. I don't think I would have thought of that. However, I think I would also go with the worm because the worm can't see. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. And I feel like that works to your advantage. The twins, they're intense. Yeah. yeah. They, they can are. see. They can hear. They have great senses. But which I... did she have like weapons with her in the second? Probably. She probably had. I mean, she had all her powers. But in the first one, yeah, she had a bunch of Yeah, we're talking bones. about us taking on. I, on. Think, I think I yeah. I think I would pick the worm. I think so, too. I'd yeah. pick the worm yeah. just because I feel like you have the advantage of, like, strategy on your side. Yeah. Unless I had the Bat Boys at my back, nah. No, no chance in hell. Dude, if the Bat Boys were there, I'd be like, that's on you. Yeah. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to sip my tea back here. Mm. All right. Would you rather have to catch the cereal or get the ring from the bone carver? Ooh. Catch the cereal. Catch the Isn't fair to do that like five times? Okay. The cereal literally <laughs> is like everybody describes the cereal as a menace, but every single time Favor catches the cereal, she's like, hey, girly, yeah. <laughs> let me, let me, hey. let me give you the tea for this week. I'll see you. I'll see you this time. See yeah. you this time next week. <laughs> she, she catches the cereal like three, I want to say three times. Meanwhile, was it it? What is it? The, the the bone carver. The bone carver would literally eat me alive. Bone carver is, I, I bone carver is not there to make friends. The cereal is. I'm just gonna yes. take the hard route and say I would rather get the ring because first of all, it's pretty ring. The ring. And it is your your wedding ring to yeah. Rhysand, so. Yeah. Also, I feel like I could just, you know, Hansel and Gretel that little old witch and kick her in the face. <laughs> no, because oh you and I would be besties. Yeah? Yeah. I love it. All right, so who'd you rather have to go on a date with? Oh, Tamlin ta- oh. or Eris? Oh, great heavens. Tamlin. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you, you just have to go on one date, right? Maybe. If you're just going on one date. Eris <laughs> is smart. Eris has battle strategy he knows how to behave in court he knows how to outsmart someone tamlin i think i could very easily outsmart this man i think i could roast him to death mm-hmm. i think he'd probably leave in like a fury of rage and i'd be like that's that mm-hmm. if i have to go on a terrible date i know there's some really big heiress fans out there and i think he's an interesting character i'm not like a huge fan of mm-hmm. him well yeah uh, yeah valid <laughs> But I, I think I would just have fun making Tamlin angry. Mm-hmm. I would yeah. go on a date with him just to make him mad. I was going to say that's why I would pick Eris, is because I feel like I could find a way to, like, get under his skin, you know? Which I would want to do because he's such a prick. 
<laughs> it would be easy, I feel like, too get under his. I don't think it'd be easy, but I think if you do it right... You haven't seen a lot of Eris yet, though. Yeah. You get not. a lot of Eris. If you do it right, you can definitely get under his skin, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I can see you pissing off Tamlin, though. I like, would just have so, have much, so fun much fun making Tamlin. Tamlin, so yeah, he's definitely easier, I should say, to just get under his skin, but... I would have so much fun leading Eris on and then just, like, slamming the door in his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Although he might try and kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I think both of them would, TBH. I don't think Tamlin would, though. That's true. I think, I think Tamlin's just be a... just butthurt. Tamlin's a jerk, but I don't think he's, like, an a inherently murderer. evil person. Yeah, he was, on, yeah. he was on Demon Time that He just month. made a lot of poor choices, but I don't think he was out of a place of evil. Mm-hmm. I think it was out of a place of being misled and confusion all right next we've got who would you rather have with you in a fight okay like have your back in yeah. a fight Azrael or cassian Ooh, they're mm, from that's hard yeah the yeah. third the third book i feel like they're kind of almost on equal playing fields but i would say Azrael probably because his like little shadow technique or mm-hmm. whatever is he like ended up breaking the like the wards or whatever they had when the, they had their first High Lord meeting. Mm-hmm. And he ended up breaking them somehow. So I was like, oh shit. So. You know what? Just to keep things interesting, because I'm kind of like in middle ground on this, I'm going to go with Cassian because he is the general of the Night Court. Mm-hmm. He leads all of the Illyrian warriors. I think a lot of people think Cassian's just like a himbo and kind of joke about that and stuff. But I think <laughs> that dude could destroy people if he wanted to yeah. I think yeah. he has destroyed people in the books so mm-hmm. I know what Dorian's gonna say actually I was gonna say Azrael first but then I switched <laughs> because I think Cassian and I would have more fun we just I need to lighten it up out there like I hey, think, hey, hey, hey. I, <laughs> I think Azrael's really good for the more like espionage side yes, of things yes definitely I mean he is spy master but like I think Cassian is known for just like his strength and mm-hmm. his battle strategy yeah. and yeah yeah, I think it would be. I think it'd be fun. It'd be an interesting time, that's for sure. You guys would light it up, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Don't you know? All right. So, who'd you rather have a girls' night with, more or Amrin? Amrin. More. I'm gonna go with more, just because <laughs> really? I'm a party girl. Amrin, I think, is the type that like she would have a girls' night with you, but like you'd spend the whole time like trying to impress her. And like, because like it's Amron, you know. So I feel like yeah. I feel like I would spend the whole time just being like, oh my gosh, does she hate me? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. As you, a people, though, yeah, yeah. But like more, I feel like is like the life of the party and would just make you feel welcome immediately because that's what she did for Favor. Mm-hmm. I think Favor is a little intimidated by Amron. Yeah, also, I think Amron would because Amron calls everyone like girl. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. if Amron called me girl, like not in like a hey girl, but like in a girl, girl? yeah, no, I'd she, be like, she says it like a witch. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. It's like it's child. <laughs> yeah, put, put that down. child of mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't play with that girl. <laughs> you would pick Amrin though. I would. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. I could see that too. Uh-huh. Like I feel like Amrin would yeah, be a little taken aback by you. Person that's a little biased. I She'd like be intrigued. Last one. <laughs> this is a good one. I think. I think I did pretty good on this one. Mm-hmm. I said, "Who would you rather have to face, the King of Highburn or Amarantha?" King Highburn. King Hybern, yeah. That guy's a dweeb. He, yeah, he is. <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine him like looking like the nerd emoji half the time, if I'm being honest. Dude, Amarantha was just like slaughtering people left and right. She's scary. You looked at her funny and you were 
dead, yeah. okay? Yeah. The king of Highburn, like, threw him into the cauldron, yeah, but then was just like, okay, you're free. <laughs> yeah, I guess I would pick the same. He's just like an old man, you know? Also, Elaine and Nesta, two people with no battle experience, oh, no true. experience in the true. field, killed him. <laughs> iced, iced them. Iced them pretty good. That was crazy. That was crazy. I mean, it was awesome. I but... was sobbing at that point, too. I was like, Cassian, no! Yeah. I was like, Nesta does love him. He has pot armor. And He's then she fine. acts like such a little rat after. Oh my god, I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, my dad's dead. Oh, boo-hoo. You know? <laughs> oh my god. Oh How my god. How would you feel if your dad died? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tommy! But the, the weird part is, is that Elaine it was completely... Her dad wrong. died. How dare she be upset about that? Oh yeah, boo-hoo. Whatever. But Elaine was, Elaine was fine, though. She was fine. No, she was not. No. Uh, yes, she was. No, she wasn't. What Elaine? book were you reading? Yeah, what? Because she's, she's like, I remember, I remember at the end, she was like, she like got like better. And she was no, because at the end, she sees that guy that she was betrothed to. She does. Yeah. And she's like mm. so bummed. And then who was it? Yeah, she does see him. I think it was Nesta it was who ran Nesta. up and like punched yeah, him. Yeah, probably <laughs> was Nesta. Like, yeah. You don't deserve Elaine. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. What a girl boss. So at the end of each episode, I'm going to give a book recommendation based off of what we've talked about so far. So if you're a fan of Sarah J. Moss or if this series interests you, you might want to consider checking out the Imperium Trilogy by Claire Legrand. It's everything you could want in a high fantasy series, and it's totally underrated. So happy reading, everybody. Thanks for listening to And That's the Tea Serial Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Dorian Rosemarin. I'm Maddie. And I'm Tommy. Tune in next week for your next pot of tea and all the bookish goodness.